And welcome to episode 17 of Women of the Wagons, where the men aren't the only ones with stories from the wagon trail. I'm Cass Patterson. This episode of Women of the Wagons is brought to you by Western Financial Group. Western Financial Group is a diversified insurance services company that's focused on creating security and has provided over 1 million Canadians the right protection for more than 100 years. When you need insurance for your home, office, farm, or vehicle, call Western Financial Group and visit westernfinancialgroup.ca. Well, we've taken a bit of a break and it's not 100% by choice. I was really excited. I had this awesome interview with Lisa Benzmiller. We did it in Dewberry. I brought it home. Um, as you, If you follow me on social media, you know my family was in the middle of moving, so I had to take a week off due to that. And then I went to edit the interview with Lisa. And the audio was half gone. So I did a little bit of crying and I had to go back to the drawing board. So that's why we've had a two week hiatus from uh, Women of the Wagons and I apologize for that. I'm hoping that me and Lisa can sit down again in the future and redo that interview. But I was able to sit down with a couple of women this past weekend in Meadow Lake. Uh, one of those women we will be sharing today. Her name is Montana Harden. Montana is the daughter of WPCA driver Chad Harden. She's spent her entire life on the chuck wagon circuit so i am really excited to share this interview uh we kind of got in from the cold because it was really cold in meadow lake so uh we kind of avoided the chilliness sat in my car and just talked and we didn't break down everything there's still plenty more we could talk about but without further ado i'm really excited to bring you this interview with montana harden and we are sitting here with montana harden as we try to escape the cold <laughs> in meadow lake saskatchewan mm -hmm. <laughs> um how are you doing i'm doing good how about yourself i'm doing pretty good, good. how is your summer not doing what you're used to gone uh definitely a lot different um it's kind of weird to not have like a place to be every weekend and like things to do but it's been relaxing for sure and definitely just a change of pace but yeah so you are in school for business mm -hmm. so what kind of led you into that path let's talk about that first so yeah so i'm at ufc for business so i'll be going into my third year and then i have my law and society minor um and so what kind of led me to that is i've always been uh, very interested in like numbers in terms of just like financials and whatnot so the reason i chose like calgary specifically was um we would go to st pete every year and just like that kind of atmosphere in the city that just like comes alive in those 10 days was really appealing to me and i've been and my dad has been really fortunate to have such great sponsors over the years uh, that I remember when I was like 15, we had Encana as a sponsor. And so the former VP, Richard Dunn, was a really, really close and still is family friend of ours. So I got to spend the day like skip chores and everything during Stampede. <laughs> and I got to um, actually like go up to, it's like the, the, I always forget the name. It's the big building in Calgary has like the head statue in front of it. So anyways, Encana's um, place was in there on like one of the top floors. So I went up there, you know, there's all the, everyone's in their business outfits or actually no, technically like it was stampede week. So everyone was wearing their coveralls and whatnot, or I'm um, sorry, jeans. But um, we went up to like the top of the tower and I really got a like view of the city and I just kind of fell in love with that. And then the business side just kind of fell into it later. That's awesome. Yeah. 
All right, so you were just telling me that you've never missed a Calgary Stampede. Mm -hmm. You're 19, so that's 19 Stampedes. Yeah. What is your earliest memory of the Calgary Stampede? Oh, okay. Well, I remember um, where the trailers used to be parked. They used to be parked. Like, now they're up on the hill away from the barns. Uh, but back in the day, they were right down at the barns, like, right by the water. Um, I remember... Oh, I don't even know. Like, obviously walking the horses and just it's I don't know just like the atmosphere like I literally don't know any other way like to have a stampede really um but I don't know if I have like an earliest memory I think just like the atmosphere of it all so you said that you got to skip barn chores oh right yeah how has let's talk about your evolution of barn chores because I'm oh. sure it's changed over time definitely yeah uh that's a like a lot of majority of like all the wagon kids are very very involved in barn chores like I always joke with dad like that's the reason he has four kids just for four to have four barn hands sort of situation uh so I definitely started out like the first thing like you know my little brothers they do it too is you start out with grain like you're on grain duty so you're pouring the electrolytes you're measuring out with your little like measuring spoons you know the different vitamins and minerals that they need and everything like that um, and it's like a really fun job and you know then you mix up the pails you put in your molasses you get it everywhere you get in trouble uh, but like that's kind of like the first job um, that you really I think get put in charge of in the afternoons then as you grow up a little bit more you know you'll start working up for morning chores and then um, just in that of itself it's a whole thing but as I grew up a little bit more and got a little bit older I really fell in love with like the outriding horses and a lot of chuck wagon daughters tend to really be uh, really involved with outriding horses and even wives as well they'll take them up and so like that's my favorite job my favorite horse is an outriding horse so I definitely it's just nice to you know you know saddle up the horses and like have a almost like a station if you will like you're in charge of these animals and you know how to wrap this horse and you know how to treat this horse and whatnot and you really like I have that horse like connection with all my horses but just like the outriding horses I really tried to like you know specify on and then even and then as I got even older, it was, you know, learning how to wrap legs. It was learning, like, the more, like, techniques and things like that. And so, yeah, a lot, but <laughs> a lot of fun, too. Um, so you said that you have a favorite horse, but let's talk about your favorite horses kind of growing up in that. So Okay, yeah. So I had my favorite horse by far was, his name was Grandview. And he was this tall sorrel, just like the sweetest horse ever. I can't remember a time when we didn't have Grandview, honestly. Like we've had, we had him forever. Um, and he was actually, the crazy thing about Grandview is, um, so he was pretty old once I actually was like starting to ride and whatnot. So he was a really good horse to start on and everything. So a big thing, I know like myself and like, my friend like Tegan and Haley Dorchester we always um we'd like want we always want to be trick riders like that was the big thing is all the little wagon girls wanted to be trick riders and we'd have like the Graham sisters come to all the different shows and whatnot and so we would take lessons and so Grandview was like the horse we would use for a lot of this which using a thoroughbred racetrack horse <laughs> as a trick riding horse like is not usually a good combination uh but this horse is actually absolutely like amazing and I remember like a really vivid story is we were probably about like 13 years old and we were at Medicine Hat and they have a really nice kind of mini arena inside the infield. So in the afternoons, uh, 
for Christmas the year before we got a brand new like or like a used trick riding saddle so we put that on Grandview and we had finally kind of got him to figure out that circular pattern and he really got it he was a, a, so such a smart horse uh, so then Tegan she was on him at the time and she goes to do a trick and he stops halfway through and we're like what the heck like we thought we had him trained um and so then she like gets up out of her trick because she was like off the side of the horse and she gets to move a little bit more and he stops again and we're like huh this is weird so we just walk him back and then Tegan goes to jump on so I can like get back on or jump off so I can get on and one of the straps had actually broken yeah and so it's almost like he had an intuition like I if he they kept going at the speed that he would have, like, you know, Tegan could have really gotten hurt. So it was all like the strap was loose and whatnot, and it was an older saddle, and Tegan hadn't noticed when she was going to about like getting her trick. So just things like that. Like, horses are such smart animals, and like, and so intuitive as well, you know. And so that horse had always really held a special place in my heart. So when he passed, that was really hard. But again, like, he lived such a long and amazing life um I guess the other the family favorite my dad's favorite (laughs) the one like the big star of the show was Barney so uh Barney we had I want to say like 16 years um and my dad actually always tells the story he had thought that he bought this he was at the racetrack I want to say in Seattle and he thought he had bought this big strong horse and Uh, He was really excited about him and whatnot, so he made the deal with the guy, and then the next day he went to go pick him up, and it wasn't the same horse in the stall. And everyone was gone already. Like, the racetrack was pretty much closed, and he was going to grab this horse. And it's this small little horse that is, like, half the size and doesn't look (laughs) like he can do very much. And Dad's like, this isn't my horse. But the gentleman that sold it to him was pretty old at the time, and I, I just... And they had like a talk about it and dad's like okay I guess I'm bringing this horse home so the first summer he literally didn't even leave the pen he just or he didn't leave like didn't come with us on any shows whatsoever uh and that horse was actually on our outfit that won the 2009 Calgary Stampede so he definitely was like an underdog and uh my dad was also like very you know small growing up and whatnot so I think he really like they had such a unique bond and he was another horse that like my brothers could ride and my brother would like practice climbing on him and jumping and whatnot. So that was definitely the family favorite. But yeah, every horse that we've had, like you just get so drawn to them and they're all so unique and it's just such an attachment that like you can't even really put to words. It's funny that you talk about Grandview and what happened with Tegan um, because we had a horse in my family mm-hmm. named Carousel. Mm. Um, she was just a little pony. We had her in pony club and everything, but you do, and you're, you do the Incana, Tricana mm-hmm. things. And we were going over the poles and he, she just stopped. And my cousin, I was so young that, you know, you have someone holding right. the, and my cousin was like pulling on her, like, what are you doing? Come on. Get, <laughs> and poor Carousel kept getting in trouble. Oh, <laughs> like my cousin was so mad at her. <laughs> And I ended up falling off the horse. And we're like, that's why she was stopping. What? Yeah. She, she knew. <laughs> she knew I was falling. And mm-hmm. none of, like, I didn't realize I was falling. Right. I am six years old. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm riding. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, little did you know. Yeah. But it, it's funny that you talk about that because horses, like, 
they just have that weird sense and i'm sure like for some of the outriders they have that sense too like if mm-hmm. an outrider's not mounted properly they're like wait what why aren't you yeah. where you're supposed to yeah, be? yeah for sure yeah that's funny mm-hmm. um you don't know anything but check wagon racing mm-hmm. so let's talk about growing up in this crazy world of gypsies <laughs> yeah that's pretty much what we are <laughs> Uh, it's like having 35 other families like it is insane how close we all are in a lot of senses like yes at the end of the day like it is a competition and there is that aspect to it but especially even as kids um, we have always been taught to really never bring that into our like personal lives and whatnot and what happens on the track kind of stays on the track and you know there's going to be arguments between drivers obviously like this is there's high stakes that we're talking about right so I think it was always um it was like always such an amazing experience to have all of these super close friends that even if you know our dads were mad at each other that night we're still going to play and run around and around the barns and (laughs) have a great night and it's just something that I didn't realize how like unique it was until I started growing up and really appreciating the sport more um but like any wagon kid here they are hard working they are well mannered and that goes for anyone here and I think my favorite part about growing up in the sport especially right now is just seeing like the evolution of like my friends so even like Cruz Benzmiller who I literally would babysit his little sisters and him like he's a wagon driver you know like what like that is insane to me or even like Lane Flat or like Ethan Mottawilla like we were like eating dirt when we were two years old and now he's like one of the best outriders and you know so to just kind of like I remember I can remember like when they had their first races and you have so much pride in them and just to kind of see how we all grow up and because again like if you're in this sport it's really hard to get out because you really <laughs> fall into it and you love it and just the atmosphere that it can bring and I mean you have for those who have birthdays in the summer mm-hmm. they have a built-in birthday party yeah they do they do yeah that's like a well-known thing you always know who has the best birthdays it's in the <laughs> summer for sure um so you kind of you you have really close friendships um you do a lot of work with the knights mm-hmm. people like that let's talk about those friendships and kind of how did they evolve and how do you end up i mean like you said you do barn chores for your dad but yeah. then you're also working for ross knight and yeah. you're hanging out with them so uh, yeah. how does that kind of happen yeah so uh well with my dad anyone that knows chad harden's barn it is a very efficient barn like it is a well-known fact that once like we cross the finish line of heat nine my dad literally is off the track into the pretty much in straight up into the liner and we're gone within minutes like we we're in we're out we're done chores we really try to get things done quickly um which is fine like i love it i think that it's taught me a lot of like hardworking, you know like skills and whatnot Um, so I would always finish at dad's barn fairly early and then I was like, I'm going to go play with my friends and whatnot. And they were all doing chores still. And I was like, they're sitting down having coffee. And I was like, you got chores to do. But like, again, every barn is so different. (laughs) 
<laughs> but like, and everyone is so different and not that one is better than the other. I don't think so. It's that at all. I think that everyone's way, honestly, I kind of like this way better to take <laughs> like a little coffee break here and there. I am not mad about that. <laughs> like dad, you need to learn to relax and you, need, you, you do this. <laughs> yeah. Learn some labor laws. Yeah, no, exactly. So, um, I would always go over Ross has, or ha- used to have, um, an ama- amazing barn hand Cheyenne who I was always really good friends with so I would always go over to like see Cheyenne because I was like what are we doing this afternoon you know like what are we gonna do and then I would just be in there and then, then I would just end up picking up a pitchfork <laughs> and um you know and like by choice of course but like if I get this done faster with her we, we can go. go yeah like <laughs> we got stuff to do like let's move and so I would just I kind of fell in love with it that way and then the more I got to know Ross and Casey and Courtney and Carly and the whole crew, like, I just, I was like, I really feel like a part of the family and they definitely make their barn hands feel welcome. Uh, I know every barn kind of operates a little bit differently in that sense, but my dad's barn, we always have a really big crew and he only has one paid hired hand. It's all volunteer work. It's all family friends. And Ross's barn also has that same kind of thing going on. So I think that's why, like, it was so easy for me to kind of, like, also go and hang out with Ross a lot, too. Uh, Another driver that I'm, like, I would help out as well is, like, Vern Nolan and Lisa Bensmiller. Because Lisa, before she met Vern, uh, she would obviously be on the circuit when Buddy was racing, Kerr, David, like, all of them. (laughs) And so I would always, always babysit. Like, I babysat every Bensmiller girl. (laughs) Like, I'm, like, I, and I love it. Like, I love those girls. So I was always super close with Lisa. So then when Vern finally came over to the WPCA, uh, and especially in the last year, I've really been able to hang out with her more and the kids. And uh, obviously, like, Peyton's pretty close to my age. And so I love hanging out with her as well. And so um, I had, like, that barn as well. So I definitely jumped to barn to barn a little bit. But it's just because, honestly, like, they are so welcoming because they've known you for such a long time. It is, like, truly family. And you're like, okay, hey, Dad, I'm done my charge. I'm leaving back. Yeah, I'm like, okay, <laughs> see you at four. Yeah. <laughs> so your family is very hockey-orientated as well. Mm-hmm. So does that competitive side of everything kind of come under the house? Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> uh, I think definitely in the barn, too. So, yeah, my sister, she just left for hockey in B.C., uh, yeah, she just her first year university, so we're really excited for her. Uh, and then my brothers are now going to a hockey academy in Edmonton. So, and then my dad's also a scout. So like, there's a lot. And then every cousin I've ever had has always played hockey. It wasn't really like, oh, do you want to play growing up? It's like, oh, your practice is on Wednesday, sort of situation. <laughs> oh, your skates are there. Yeah, this Go is what get you do. them. Oh, and I remember I did not like it at first, like because I was like you know like five years old I would literally sit on the back of the hockey net and like wait till this was over and then he would like drag me across the ice and eventually I stood up I guess and started skating and whatnot um but yeah we're a very uh, hockey oriented family and I think the thing that that has taught me the most I wouldn't say so much competitiveness but I would say sportsmanship like that is a really big thing I think um, for I think uh, lots of parents that put their kids into sports, whether no matter what the sport is, it's not it's not just for the exercise. It's that social aspect. It's that you know learning how to be a good sport. It's you know like practicing good sportsmanship. And my dad has always been 
so amazing with that. Like, he is not the coach to throw a temper tantrum. He would never. And that's not to say that he's not as passionate or anything. Um, he just looks at the big picture and he knows if I'm yelling at the ref, I'm probably not going to get my way. So <laughs> I probably shouldn't take that route, right? And, I like, obviously in the heat of the moment, things can get uh, pretty, like, you're so passionate about it. But he has always really instilled in us that importance and that translates to the sport here where kind of goes back to what I said with like hanging out with the other kids it's like the level it's just a level of respect that I think you hold on the ice and on the racetrack and it doesn't leave you no matter what sort of thing I love that a hockey and wagons have such a cross section Mm -hmm. in life because I mean even like DJ King, he was an NHL player and now he's a wagon driver so it's very cool that those two sports combined yeah and my dad will always say like your chuck wagon team is like a hockey team you have your defenseman you have your first line you know your barrel one which would be you know your first line and you have your defenseman maybe it's your outriders and you know like all these different aspects he loves those kind of parallels and i think that is also what makes him such a good driver is because he is such a good coach and he obviously knows how to pick talent and whatnot just but uh, at the same time and he obviously just has like a knack for it but he also really focuses on like team dynamics and horse dynamics. And I think a lot of that does carry over and help him in both situations. So this is like the most important question. Who do you cheer for in hockey? Oh, well, I live in Calgary, so. All right, good, perfect, okay. right answer. All we needed. Okay. <laughs> You're like, well, am I gonna get in trouble for like, saying flames? My dad or... will kill me, but let's just go with it. Um, so I'm going to play a little game here. Okay. Um, we're going to include all your siblings in this. Okay. okay. So there's the four of you. Mm-hmm. Two girls, two boys. Yes. So this is usually the Venus versus Mars game. Okay. But we're going to call this the sibling battle. Oh, okay. So who is most willing to get up for morning chores? Not Cheyenne. I can tell you that for free. <laughs> she is not a morning person or an afternoon person. Cheyenne is just like I'm hanging out in the night and that's like I'm not about it um like I want to say me because I think it's me but I think at considering their age so it's so it's Montana Cheyenne Dawson Denver so Denver's the youngest he probably has like the most like passion for it like I think he probably likes it the most so I guess we'll give it to Denver but I put up a good fight you know Your, your parents really like state names yeah, I don't know why. Like Les McIntyre's like favorite joke that he's had since the birth of probably since me, honestly, is it's like you know you would say, and his wife Joy, and then Montana, Cheyenne, Dawson, and Denver, and it's like he'll be like, that's where they went on. Like, wonder where they went on their honeymoon or like something like that. It's like, okay, <laughs> like I don't need to know these I things. Was like, I was like, okay. Um. Who has the closest relationship with the equine athletes? Uh, again, you know, I'm going to say me because I think I just, um, uh, not appreciate it more, but try to, like, um, have, like, that a unique one with each horse. It's really just between me and Denver. Like, not that Dawson and Cheyenne don't, <laughs> but... I would say me. I'm really passionate about those horses. They're my, they're my other siblings, you know. Okay, I guess this one's between you and Cheyenne. Who's the better driver? Oh my gosh, me. But she's gonna say her. But she's not. 
And she's going to say that, like, I crashed once, but I didn't. But she's going to say that. Uh, who is the most competitive? Oh, Dawson. Oh, my goodness. Um, he was the one that needed a little more work on the poor sport, kind of fix, fixing that situation. But he is, he is competitive in, like, anything he does. But it's passion, too, right? So. All right. And then last one. Who's the pickiest eater? Oh, me. Oh, my gosh. I am the pickiest eater you will ever meet. Like, I will order chicken nuggets and fries at Earl's. Like, I am not, I'm not about sushi or, yeah, I'm bad. Yeah. Come on, pasta. Pasta. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. But, yeah, no, I definitely beat out my 11-year-old brother on being the pickiest eater. <laughs> I'm sure your mom loves that. Yeah. Um... I, I guess that's kind of it for me. Thank you so much for taking time out of your chores to sit down with me and talk. And I'm glad we got to kind of get out of the cold for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But thank you so much for doing yeah, this. No, thanks for having me. No problem. It was so much fun. Yeah. Hi, I'm world professional chuck wagon driver Kurt Benzmiller. The hours of hard work and sweat it takes to be a champion can put your body to the test. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and sometimes you just need a chiropractor. Did you know that your chiropractor is specifically trained to help everything from neck strains to back adjustments to a foot sprain? Don't let pain get in the way of your goal towards the championship. Visit albertachiro.com for more information. Thank you, Montana, for joining us on Women of the Wagons. Now, that uh, sibling Venus versus Mars type game is presented by the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. Don't let pain prevent you from reaching your goal to be a champion. If it hurts, see your local chiropractor and visit albertachiro.com to learn more about the adjustments that chiropractors have made in their clinics to ensure that their patients are safe and able to focus on feeling better. Uh, Like I said, there was so much more I could have talked to Montana about. We could have talked about more about the family aspect. We could have talked about barn hands. We could have talked about Skippy. If you don't know who Skippy is, uh, go watch uh, one of the seasons of Half Mile of Hell and uh, you'll learn who Skippy is by watching, uh, I think it's season two. Uh, But me and her already agreed that at some point we got to sit down again and there's more we can divulge into and look into. So I'm excited for that. Thank you so much again for sitting down with me. And that's breaking my hiatus of Women of the Wagons. Fingers crossed that there will be no more technical difficulties. I don't plan on moving again anytime soon, so there won't be any issues there. So we're just going to go with the flow, and uh, I'll see you guys next week. Again, this episode was brought to you by Western Financial Group. Western Financial Group is a diversified insurance services company that's focused on creating security and has provided over 1 million Canadians the right protection for more than 100 years. When you need insurance for your home, office, farm, or vehicle, call Western Financial Group and visit westernfinancialgroup.ca. If you're wanting more Chuck Wagon podcast action, you can check out After the Ninth, hosted by Dayton Sutherland and myself. You can also tune in to Outside the Wagon with Ryan Hempson. And then uh, also, if you're wanting to follow us on social media, you can always check out After the Ninth on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And check out the After the Ninth webpage at afterthenineth.com. Until next week, I'm Cass Patterson. Get back up your bags and throw me the key.